We are back, and this week we are the Actress Boys. Um, I don't know if <laughs> I guess we'll even get that reference, but maybe. Um, but I am joined by the, I guess, owner, CEO. Is that technically what uh, they call you of Action Wrestling? Yes, CEO is the name that I gave myself five years ago when we started this. Yeah, because at, t- at the at the at the time, no. CEO in a major way because I didn't want to be like the chairman or anything like that. So CEO sure. is good. Yeah. And who now there's a wrestler who goes by the CEO of the MAT. Um trying to think of who that is. It's a uh I think it's a WXW thank guy, you. but what's that? Oh, I like WXW. I was about to say thank you because I will send him something for gimmick infringement. <laughs> yes, you gotta get him. Um I'm trying to remember who it was, but someone probably knows who's listening to this for sure. Um Oh, you know what? I think it might actually be Kurt Robinson. And that was not intentional. I did not do that intentionally as a way to plug Kurt Robinson and try to get him into action wrestling, I promise. Um, no, it just, I, I just remembered. I have, that, that I have heard us. good things. and I've heard good things. And somebody sent me a match, actually, with Kurt Robinson. So I saw him a week ago. Nice. nice. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's a, yeah. he's a guy who I liked when he was younger. And then he took some time off to go to college, I guess, and has just popped back up. And, you know, and like it's... They're still young, and you know this for sure, because what you do and and the way that you book and and paying attention to wrestling and stuff like sometimes the fun is seeing that diamond in the rough and watching him develop, and it's not necessarily you get kind of excited about that in a way that some people might say like, oh, you're overblowing this person; they're not that good yet. And it's like, I mean, I'm being realistic. I'm not saying that he's the best wrestler in the world, you know. It's it's a ton of fun, and I and I love to do that. I love that we that we do that through our kind of our uh, circuit with not just action wrestling, but with TWE SCI. And uh, when they're going Southern underground pro, uh, we're able to do that. And uh, you know, especially with SCI futures, it's kind of neat to be able to see and project where somebody might be. Um, I mean, we brought a young kid named Ben Carter into futures in 2019. <laughs> he, he debuted for action a week or two later. Uh, a few months later, he had a real classic match with B-Boy, uh, and then the world turned off with the pandemic. And, of course, he's now in uh, WWE NXT as Nathan Frazier, and just absolutely so proud of him. You know, just just one example. Um, and uh, um, an, an, an interesting example at the moment because he is a bit of a conversation and maybe a little bit of a controversy right now. I don't know if you saw this. Um, but I think so, last so, night he debuted a new-ish gimmick on the NXT program that's kind of a takeoff of uh, John Oliver's last John week Oliver. tonight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I meant, to, I meant to sit with my wife and watch that because she, she's a big John Oliver fan, and she also loved uh, when we had Ben Carter, so I think she'll get a kick out of that. I'll try to watch that with her tomorrow. But, yeah, that, is, are... but, that, but that is a huge joy. 
um, that we, we really like to do. And because action, not just everything I just named, but with action wrestling, we also started, uh, really thanks to Bobby Flacco over two years ago, we started doing a, a series called next up where we have a lot of the kids who want to come in and get a look, get some feedback, be around, be in the conversation. And they kind of, a lot of them have worked themselves onto shows or from, or, or onto futures just by showing up, hanging out and getting the, uh, getting to get looked at. Um, and so we, I mean, we love that. We've had people just uh, like several, just, just show up, uh, show what they can do, uh, show that they've got a good attitude and that we want, because that's my biggest conceit. If I don't want to be around you, I don't give a shit how good you are. <laughs> you will not be on my shows. It's, it's irrelevant. It's, it's irrelevant. If I don't want, cause I do this because I do wrestling because I enjoy it. It's not my full time gig. Maybe someday it will be and I'll change. But I'm not hanging around with somebody or I'm not going to give somebody an envelope if I distinctly do not like them. So so the personality thing is a, a huge deal. Like, don't be a geek. <laughs> it is, it is, yeah, right. is, it's probably the most important thing because, you know, I, you know, I do believe in paying dues because I did that. You know, if you have a group of people, you know, one may be more talented than the other talented than the than everybody else but if they're kind of a pain in the neck and they're not willing to go the extra mile you're not really going to put your eyes on them and you don't want to be around them anyway so um uh, you know it's just how it is on independent wrestling i i uh, it's uh it's a lot of fun yeah i mean for sure and, uh, and you know speaking of <laughs> i i swear this is just you know the way the conversation goes but speaking of uh kurt robinson stepping away taking some time away you mentioned it there like wrestling's not your main gig you took some time stepped away you weren't necessarily really involved in wrestling for a while in between being an active competitor and and promoting shows and everything else right so so yeah it's like you come I back and, and and you have uh you have a different maybe a different way of looking at things where like again like you said it's it's this is not necessarily that you're like career focused or oriented or whatever looking at it that way you're looking at it as trying to produce something good and and um long-winded way to say like yeah like how do you um how do you see that and this is something that i wanted to bring up and kind of get to it and where i didn't expect to but hey why not um where do you see kind of the goal the orientation the focus of action wrestling in that way when you come back to it because a comparison that came to mind to me and maybe i'm you know out out of left field here or whatever but like it kind of reminds me of smoky smoky mountain um in that like a company that's really appreciated oh, I, by uh, go ahead i love any if any reason to compare me to smoky mountain will be good so <laughs> yeah uh, but i'm a big, a I'm a big that... fan of that company yeah, a company that's really appreciated by, you know, the hardcore fans who maybe have a little bit of an old school taste, but not necessarily are like held up on the idea that wrestling has to stay the same and be exactly the same. But but in years down the line, maybe more and more hardcore wrestling fans will appreciate just the level of quality of matches and storytelling that was going on in the company. Um, so <laughs> I guess the compliment and then the what, what what did you think setting it up and and what do you think kind of the legacy of action is and could be well well to start where you were i um i bowed out 
of wrestling in 2007. The Georgia scene was not really, at, or the Southeast scene in general was nothing like it is now. There was not a lot of quality stuff really, really going on. Um, and I, I didn't fit. I was getting hurt. I've never, I was never the most athletic guy on shows. And I basically just, just, I didn't do any sort of retirement. I just stopped. And I, I did a few things in the meantime. I, I picked up acting. Um, I have done a few things with acting. I'm actually, uh, I'm actually in season one and the upcoming season two of the show heels on stars, which is very cool because it's a TV show about pro wrestling in Georgia on the independent level, which I identify with very strongly. Um, yeah. uh, I took up, uh, and I took up improv over several years. So I learned a kind of a different aspect of promotion and shows and show running. I, and I'd always wanted to run a show. Um, I'd always wanted to, to book, I mean, and promote and, and do kind of everything, but I wasn't going to do it unless it was an ideal type of situation so i discovered uh, discovered in uh, 2017 actually that there was a really nice rec center in my building but it's kind of hidden uh, people have come to the action arena know it's kind of like it's behind the post office it's, but it's really behind the library that's behind the post office and if you're not necessarily going out of your way to see it you won't necessarily see it but it's a great little rec center and i kind of walked in one Sunday and uh, I started talking to the rec manager who was there on a Sunday randomly. We hit it off and uh, had a lunch meeting and was like, all right. And I booked a show about five, about five months out. Cause I'm like, I need a lot of time to figure this out and plan this. Um, and really I was gone completely from pro wrestling with the exception. I came back and did one show that was a tribute show for somebody who, uh, uh, somebody who died and, 2015 SCI brought me back. Uh, very, very honestly, I've said this before. I got asked to come help do some production work for Scenic City because I have because of my backgrounds. You know, I know pro wrestling and I know and understand video work and camera work. And I did it the following year in 2016, uh, which was the a huge year for SCI because that's when we moved into the high schools and a lot of people came in um, and. Then I uh, uh, then I started getting back in a little bit, and I helped uh, uh, helped do some stuff at, at Wildside in Cornelia, Georgia, in 2017, and found my building, and that's kind of where I came back in. And I, um, so that's the first part of where you're talking about. Um, as as far as like legacy of action, I mean, I've I've always wanted to do something that's that's I'm able to tell some stories with because. It's interesting because so much of wrestling is like, all right, you, you write a script, right? You know, a, you write a show how you want it to go, where you want things to be, but you only get one take. You know, if you are putting on a play or a musical, I mean, it's not like, you know, it's not like on a Friday, uh, Friday afternoon at noon, all the actors in Hamilton get together and do a couple rehearsals and then they go live that night. Uh, which is realistically on independent wrestling about the most that you do. Uh, sometimes, I mean, um, if you saw Royal, uh, the life of on IWTV, there's a scene where I go out and greet Eric as he's getting to the building. Dominic Greeny is 
out ringside with Kevin Koo, his tag partner. Eric Royal has about, when he walks up, he has about 10 minutes to get dressed and go into the ring. I tell him what the finish of the match is going to be, which is obvious. They have to go out and call it. So they didn't even get, you know, uh, 30 seconds to say, hey, what's up? Here's what we're going to do. No, they. if you watch Dom Greeny from Eric versus Eric Royal from uh, Action Wrestling in, I think, like May 2021 timeframe, that's all completely called in the ring. Because when they see each other, when they get there, that's the first time they saw each other that day. Um, so it's it appeals to me on a lot of aspects. Uh, uh, production, writing, uh, performing, um, although I don't really do that do that much anymore. I don't like to announce very much or be a face on my own shows right now. Um, you know, it just, it just appeals to me in so many ways. And I like the fact that we can tell stories. I don't want to just do, Oh, this is some independent wrestling dream match. We took this one guy who's never wrestled this other guy and we put them together. That's not a dream match. That's just booking two people and paying their rate and putting them on a show. I've occasionally done stuff like that, but you can have, sort of the overt storylines with, you know, this stable rough, you know, uh, feuding with this stable for a year, build it up to a big blow off match, whatever. You can also just have kind of the subtle storylines um, where, you know, I, you might take somebody, uh, I was running a, a, a small storyline with Alan angels after I turned him face where I was putting him in with bigger guys or guys who would beat him down and, like he was wrestling Gary J, for example. Uh, he wrestled Warhorse, um, and there was a few others in there of that type. But he was surviving and thriving, and that was a subtle story where it's not like we were making super matches or angles, but there was something there where we were trying to build him up. You know, it, you can. It's it's not just like I want to see how this comes out. It's like, well, we're doing little subtle aspects, um, and I. Th- I like to do those because I don't want to do a match with seven matches and have seven full angles and have, you know, 30 minutes of mic work on a show. It's just not going to work for me, brother. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that's definitely a strong suit that anyone who appreciates action says is that like the, the main takeaway a lot of times is just how the shows breeze by really easily. And it's like, just an, an insanely easy to watch show. And then the plus obviously ends up being a lot of times that you do have some phenomenal talent and some great matches and some interesting storylines and promos and things like that. But like the, just that it's like, God, there's never been, there's never been a single action show that felt like it dragged. I, you know, I, I definitely, of course, because I know what's supposed to happen and what I plan, I'm always going to have my opinions of whether um, I'm super happy or not. I've never, you know, I've had where, okay, I felt this was good, but I think it could have been great. I think this should have been, you know, uh, and, you know, and, and vice versa where I'm like, oh man, I knew this would be, would be good. I didn't expect it to be, you know, as balls to the walls it was, um, you know, where, or where attendance just completely, they're like, wow, where did everybody who is here buy a ticket? Where did they all come from? You know, you're always going to have things that, you know, because I know what I have in my head that are you know, going to exceed your expectations or maybe go under them. However, I've had matches where people where I was like, oh, I wanted more out of that, or it just some of the timing didn't work or this. And then you have a fan come up and say, that was awesome. Oh, okay. Doesn't matter what I think. It matters what the fan thinks. And that's why you never tell them what's supposed to happen. You know, 
it's it's you never talk uh you, you know i'm never going to try to talk a fan out of you know why they shouldn't have enjoyed something or why they should why something shouldn't have been better and unless unless of course it's part of a storyline like of course I, I still i still do i'm always going to sell like yeah if somebody makes a heel turn i'm disappointed in them i'm, I'm pissed at you i'm like i don't i don't know what the hell got into him you know like when alex kane turned on damian tanger and I had fans. Hey, what the hell's going on? I'm like, I, I, I don't know. He's he's lost his mind going with should be because he, everybody knows it's a work. They just don't want to be told. They just don't want to be told it's a work. So you know, in the southeast, thankfully, we still have some of that believability. And with the way we tell stories and try to do the baby versus heel dynamic, we're able to kind of kind of keep that going. Um, and. I try, uh, you know, with action, I'm always trying to do some of the old style of storytelling in a newer framework where it is all about work rate in the ring. You know, once, once the bell rings, it's about work rate or it's about heat. Um, it's about getting as much heat as possible. And I like to get a lot out of a little. I don't do, as you've noticed, tons of stip matches. And when I do a stipulation, I feel like it matters and people are paying attention because if you do a stip match every single show, then they're not special anymore. And you've completely worn it out. And now you have to do stip matches because they're expected. You know, when we decide, all right, we're going to do Anthony Henry and Adam Priest in an O-Rope match, and then it goes completely bonkers and the finish is coming off a ladder going through a table and they only see a, ta a table spot once you know uh once every year or so then that's a big deal if i suddenly advertised a tables match and we had 10 tables broken well when i decide to do another table spot three four five months down the road why would they pop because there was only one table spot we just did 10 of them so it's all about kind of parceling it out and making everything matter um, that's another big part of my philosophy and yeah, as I you mean, know, oh. I still don't edit myself and I still have everything just coming out. So make of <laughs> what you will of all my stream of consciousness thoughts. No, I appreciate it. I mean, it's you talk about taking the time to get there and building things up. It's like, you know, some wrestling shows, some wrestling companies, they start out and they'll have they got their first show and they crown a champion on the first show. Right. And I always think that that's so, kind of weird. I mean, I get it because it's as you talk about with the steps where it becomes a crutch and then it's like you have, you have to have them because that's part of booking. You need that to book. And I think that titles get treated the same way uh, where it's like, we have to have a title because that's the only way that you can book a wrestling show is it has to be based around this title. You look at a company like beyond that's gone this whole time mm -hmm. without ever having its own championship. And you, you know, you went five, six shows before you had a singles champion. And then you went almost two, you went almost three full years without tag team championships where all you had was the the singles title and and that speaks to what you're saying there it's like you know when people say titles are you know gimmicks they're just like being they're just there to like you know to move along storytelling and all this it's like people say like oh that's a you know dismissive it's not taking them seriously people get kind of bent out of shape about that concept but it's like no everything in wrestling is a gimmick like everything in wrestling is like can be used to promote and that's the fucking point is you use it to promote something and to tell a story some way and titles are just as important in the same way as everything else because you can use them to tell the stories but when you just throw them out there and they're just there because you have to have them and it's part of everything like and i just i really appreciate that booking philosophy that you do there where like 
you do make those things mean something by not overblowing them and, and bring them in. And, and as I said, like that is that kind of old school philosophy where maybe people like don't appreciate it as much as they should. But I mean, it really has paid. I think it has paid really well in the critical acclaim for the company because, um, you know, there's a ton of stuff that you mentioned there that I wanted to piggy- jump off of all this and that. But like you talked about before we started, you talked about like the Anthony Henry Adam Priest series and like just how I think critically acclaimed that was for a series, but you've had series and feuds and storylines like this that have produced amazing wrestling since the beginning. One of the earliest ones that I always think of too, is like the Freddie A. Eric Royal rivalry and the Mm -hmm. way that that took a while to get through, but delivered amazing quality wrestling. So that philosophy of the kind of slow build rivalries. And it seems like you usually have, you might have like the title, you know, kind of rivalry, but then you also seem to kind of have somewhere in the middle of the card, somewhere bubbling up. That's like, kind of like, um, I hate to say this, but the, you know, the worker, the workhorse rivalry. And do you, do you like to keep it that way? Or do you think that just kind of happens? And then sometimes they intersect. I think they kind of intersect because it's it's often, you know, especially I, I try to plan everything as much as I can, but you have to adapt because you have independent wrestling. Uh, you have people who are unable to make dates sometimes because maybe they've got to go, maybe they've got to go tape TV. Uh, maybe they've got to, uh, maybe they get injured. Uh, maybe, you know, for whatever reason, you know, you, have, you can, you can plan as well as you want, but you, you know, you learn very quickly why certain wrestlers get bookings more than others. You understand why certain wrestlers get bookings less than others as, at times. Um, and I never like to share dirt That's uh, on, on any of that. You know, it's just, so you, you have to do it as best as you can. And, and I think one of the things is that, I, that helps is that I don't really do big shows. Uh, I mean, I've literally once called a super show. Uh, I call, just called a super show because I was running it out of high school. And that's where we had uh, Fred Yehi and Eric Royal, actually, since you just mentioned it in a uh, false count anywhere match. Um, but I don't really peak every, you know, I don't do three months and then I do a quarterly show like, like some places do. And they, they have the peaks and the valleys and then they, they build it up angle wise. And they, I just like to keep everything going month to month because I don't, I want this to be not just something that you tune in for in January because you know that it's going to be a good show. And then the first weekend of April, that's the big show over two nights. And then I can come back in August and then see what's going to happen in November. I don't want it to be like that where, okay, well, I can skip everything in between. I want every every show. I want it to be like a actual soap opera where you don't want to miss any of the shows. I want it to be like episodic, like you want to want to, you do want to see everything. So um, I think that plays into it because I'm not necessarily trying to peak three different things, for example, at once so that I can have uh, – a giant show where I'm trying to, instead of, you know, instead of 300, I'm trying to draw like 600. Well, I, I would rather try to do as well as I can every single show. Sub shows are going to be bigger than others. If I run a show at a middle school and they're able to put seven or 800 people in there, well, that's going to feel a lot bigger than, 
than a show in front of 250 people is. It doesn't necessarily mean it is storyline-wise. Um, you just have to adapt. And if you're successful just at pushing the action brand uh, like, we're, like we do with the SCI brand, um, you know, the SCI has been going since 2015. That's It's going to be eight years this year. Actions are going for five. You know, if you're able to put out so many quality shows and you earn the fans' trust, you know, I've got people buying tickets for a mystery show that's going to be happening. I'm not announcing anyone. I have that trust that it's going to turn out well and that they're going to enjoy it. And there's a cool aspect of, all right, are we going to see some debuts? Are we going to see some returns? And they don't know. Um, so I, I, I think that is, is honestly a big part of it because I'm not really trying to peak, uh, so often certain matches and programs I might, I, I will and may, because I, I know what, you know, I knew where I wanted to go with, uh, the Adam Priest and Anthony Henry feud. I knew where I wanted to go with violence is forever and culture Inc. and tell a story. Um, and, but it's not necessarily doing it all at the same time for a big quarterly show. Does yeah, that make, I mean, does that does does that yeah, make sense? Yeah. Because you know, it does. You no, know, that <laughs> that may be kind of how it that may be kind of how it happens. I think if you keep several things on, you can go go ahead and pull out something and elevate a story if you're if you're bubbling it and building it. Um, well, I mean, we have that, tagged tag team breakups if you're telling a story in little droplets you're able to go ahead and pull that trigger at any time that does kind of speak to partially what i brought up there which was the the anthony henry adam priest rivalry which um when it starts kind of or i guess you could say starts in action um it doesn't involve the title right but by the end that's like kind of the main, or at least it becomes and feels like the main focus of it. Um, and it almost feels like that kind of happened organically, right? And as you talked about that, the things can ebb and flow and you go with them and all this. And I mean, that <laughs> shout out to to Joseph, a uh, friend of the podcast. Uh, I think that, you know, partially that rivalry and the Southeast first showing and all of that stuff led to him saying Adam Priest was his wrestler of the year for, for 2022, right? And and uh, mm -hmm. that just speaks to the quality of that. Like, was that a situation where these two are so, I mean, obviously great performers in general, and this is going so well, I want to make this into the title, you know, situation? Or was that the plan from the beginning? You know, like, like you talked about kind of the way things ebb and flow. Well, well, with Southeast First, that was an interesting show because of all the shows I've promoted, aside from a co, a co thing where I have, you know, co-bookers, um, you know, myself and Scott Hensley are right now booking SCI and we have Jade Newman who has input and, uh, Dylan Hales used to be on the booking team. You know, obviously that's going to be a shared responsibility, but with Southeast first, um, it was something that I did have to, I did give up some control. So it was like when reaching out to some of these promotions, we had some stuff in mind, like, Hey, would you like to send a match, send a championship? There's one thing I'm like, hey, I'd like it if you sent these three and I'll put them in a trio's match against my three and just kind of looking to see what else we could do in like an action feature match. I I really like that idea because I, I think and I still do think Adam Priest is incredibly underrated. Anthony Henry, somebody that I was doing uh, shows in uh, Cornelia with and 
you know, 2003, 2004, uh, in the wild side days, um, I had a suspicion, you know, and there was no feud going into it. There's nothing, but I had a suspicion that the two would have a really good match on a show that was going to be particularly hot. It was, it was just a suspicion. They really, they really enjoyed each other. It was done again at uncharted territory or was another good match. So bringing it, bringing it back for, uh, for a feud was, uh, a pretty easy call and they got into it. I have to, I have to give them a lot of credit cause they got into it and it kind of played in very nicely with the action title because we had AC Mack who was champion for, you know, nearly 800 days. And then Eric Royal, um, was champion for, uh, some like 13 months. So we're used to these long champions. You know, Kevin Koo was the champion for five or six months. And then Adam Priest, almost as he's beginning his run, he smack, he loses it to Anthony Henry in a seven-minute match. In that building, not one single was expecting the match to end at seven minutes because, you know, you're quote-unquote taught how long main events are supposed to go. So I decided, like I said, and I suggested we talked with those guys, hey, let's flip this paradigm. Let's go super short. And when you hit this DDT and you pin Priest and hold up the title, people are going to be like, what the hell happened? I expected some people would think, are they going to restart it or was this a mess up? And, you know, we gave Priest just a couple show title reign. And we did a quick title switch because we had never done that before. So there's not one person who's thinking that Adam Priest is going to lose the title which is one reason why we did it. So Priest loses the title to Henry, and we build up for a rematch, which they they excelled at. They, they came up with so many creative ideas. Um, I, when it comes to wrestlers like, like Anthony and Adam, I'll have suggestions, I'll have ideas, and I'll tell them why, but I don't necessarily hold them to it because they're super experienced, and what they come up with is generally going to be better than I would be thinking anyway. You know, I did suggest right. using in the ladder match, uh, in the match which ha- that had the ladder with no ropes. I did suggest using and doing the final spot like this because we had the ladder available. But, uh, you know, for most of it, it's just tell me where you need security to be. It, I mean, honestly, incredible stuff. Like I, we, I think we reviewed the title change and I talked about you know, similarly the stuff that you were saying there. Not maybe not even with as much insight as you, but just that it you know in the context it made perfect sense it's a uh, a way to to do a story where yeah like the the babyface champion now has something to to chase after and i mean a big part of it is henry and you mentioned it there and henry with you know he's you know what is it whatever at this point almost a 20 year overnight sensation kind of guy where like <laughs> i mean having the best run of his career it feels like over the past couple of years um up until the you know that little his little blip of retirement himself where he stepped away from wrestling to <laughs> i guess get into sports entertainment for a bit there um and then yeah. came back to it and hit the ground running as if nothing happened and just i mean flawless performer i mean the guy is just perfect i mean the facials the reaction everything he does is is phenomenal so working with two guys like that i mean it's it like you said it's got to be pretty easy um one thing about action, as we mentioned there, and I hate to even say this because, you know, it's not even it's not just male wrestlers, Ooh. but it, it tends to be. But action has guys, right? It does feel like there are guys that are action guys. And I want to kind of 
talk to you about some of them at least i mean obviously the most glaring one is ac mac right like he is right action the first guy to ever show up on the show and holds the title like you said for incredibly long was it 800 days like just 798 days i actually it got to a certain point where i i'd look him up and i'd tell him be like all right here's here go ahead and tweet this um, (laughs) to get to get it over and feels like he is action and and what is it about you the promotion and these wrestlers that seem to do the top are you are you seeing the people because i mean the thing with AC Mack, I mean, how do you do that? How do you have the first guy that's on the first show instant sets it up and then becomes, I mean, that that's either just a stroke of luck or you really saw something there or there was a, a commitment between the two. But like, what is it that, that you do get these action, like I say, action guys? There are people who just, they feel like they're intrinsically part of the promotion and they feel, even if they wrestle other places, even if you see them other places in action, they are there's something to it where it, you know, it's that weird fervent connection to the company. Um, and like I said, with AC Mac, like, you know, like go feel free to, to expound on this concept. Well, I definitely agree with you. I mean, I, I think about it and look at it and, you know, we had, we had AC Mac who was on the very first show and the very first guy out. Uh, we had Eric Royal who was also, I mean, Eric Royal was on the second match of that show, and he was a he was uh, our second ever champion, and he's still on. He's been doing some tag team matches, uh, so he's been a part of it for five years. Um, you have yeah. some. I think Bobby. I think Bobby Flacco came in on our. Uh, he debuted on our third show, I believe, and and we do have several others who are pretty pretty tied. I think you would definitely think of Alan Angels had he not gone on to AEW and Impact. He would I mean, still in be some around. Ways I still, in some ways, I still do. I think that, like, yeah, like action was kind of a springboard Good. for him to to go into AEW. It felt that way. I think part of it, well, I mean, part of it was the pandemic and that when they started taping here, you know, that was definitely a situation where, you know, you want to be ready. He was an in-shape guy who was a sponge. I can't, I can't think of many conversations I've had with Alan that didn't involve pro wrestling. You know, he's, he's, he loves it. He, he lives for this. So when the pandemic happened and they had to do the tapings here in Georgia, he was there, he was ready. He was in shape. He, he, I mean, all the, all the things that made it very easy to, to go ahead and trust him. And when it came time, like, all right, we want you in and, and, and gave him a deal. Um, but, I think a part of it and, and a big part is because in the Southeast, unfortunately, a lot of these promotions are still acting like it's the nineties. They aren't doing much with their footage. If they have any, they are, um, there are very few, I believe there's, there's now, I believe there's now four promotions out of about 40 or so running shows in Georgia that are on IWTV. Uh, and I, um, uh, one of them just has a couple shows and they're a show that opened up, opened up last year. So, and I believe that action of all the shows in Georgia, and we are one of the biggest ones on the Southeast on IWTV. When you see, when you see somebody and that's, you know, maybe they're working every weekend. Maybe you have somebody who's working every Friday, every Saturday and a lot of Sundays, but they're not, they're, 
their footage isn't getting out there and matches that they have in one promotion but not necessarily in other spots then you're going to tie them together um i i, I just I suppose that's a big reason why because i never wanted to just run a show have it be for the 200 people in attendance and that's it i always wanted to distribute it push it out uh, have a relationship with pro wrestling illustrated magazines get rankings and results in there i mean we've had we've had a bunch of pictures that were taken in action or at the or in the uh, Tyrone Library that have been in PWI. Uh, Billy Starks and Alex Shelley over the last few months have had like full page uh, pictures in a library. That's that's in Tyrone. That's that, those were taken at my shows, and you know, so we have this you know hopefully high profile which bleeds down to the workers. It's like okay, that's a place to be seen. Um, and when you consider the fact that we have influential people in our locker room who can help advise and give other bookings, that's going to make it seem like a place for other workers. Um, I just, I just never wanted to be, be a place where, you know, I run a show, it's fun, but it, it doesn't matter after it's done. I like the fact that we can, and now we can be live on IWTV, but all our shows, every match we've ever had is up on IWTV. So people can go back and watch it. I mean, you can go back and, you know, if somebody were listening to this, they want to go back and watch a match. It's very easy to do that. Um, I think that all contributes just because we have a fairly high profile. Um, and some of the wrestlers wrestle in spots that don't, that don't promote the same way because they don't, they don't care. There's a lot of people who are not social media savvy and it doesn't matter because they're making money, you know, every other Saturday, um, and if you're making money happy what you're doing, then why change it? Um, yeah, as far as, as, but to, but as far as AC Mag Ace, so I had gotten to know AC a little bit in, at the end of 2017 in anarchy, uh, in anarchy wrestling, Cornelia, Georgia, the, uh, spiritual successor to NWA Wildside. I had a few wrestlers picked out that I had things in mind for because I thought they would get over. And I just specifically did not want to do a title the first show because, you know, you don't know who's over. I decided to let the fans tell me who the people who need to wrestle for the championship are. And I committed initially to running two shows. I'm going to see how this goes, two shows, if it's viable or if it's not. So I didn't even think about a belt till we were two or three shows in. Um, AC Mack was one of them. Uh, Eric Royal was another, uh, Billy Buck and team tag were another. And then I thought that Gunnar Miller was going to be able to be a player. Uh, AC and Eric are still around Billy and T Buck and team tag had an 18 month run and Gunnar and he ended up hurt before our second show. So, uh, that ended up being the only match that he had, uh, he had with us, but I identified some people that I thought that I thought would be building blocks. So it just kind of happened that I wanted to put the microphone in somebody's hands first. AC Mac was the best person to do it. And that's why he was first. I pay it off. I'm just, <laughs> this is just a weird a side tangent. I'm just popping through looking at, uh, at um, AC Mac 
uh, cage match <laughs> matches from before action. And there's a uh, FIP show with AC Mack and Austin Theory versus Roscoe Eat Lisa. That's a blast from the past match. To oh, think my about. goodness. I wonder how that looks. Um, and what's funny is I'm looking at this card and I'm like, I watched this show. I know that I watched the show because I remember some of these matches. Um, but I don't remember that one. It was the opener. Um, either way, um, <laughs> Team Tag obviously had a solid run, as you mentioned, that you yourself even got involved in. Um, so there I did. Is, uh, yeah, you, you you strapped up or you laced up the boots for for that one came out of uh, came out of the retirement. So, yeah, they had a pretty, as you said, pretty solid run there. Gunnar Miller, obviously, no need to get into that. Um, and Eric Royal, you kind of mentioned him as maybe the second of the of the you know Mount Rushmore of action and it feels you said he's got the tag team thing going on and it does feel like he's kind of I don't know I mean Eric Royal has the background that he has he's very well known for another company where he was trained and and kind of got his name out there for a lot of people but as I said oh, which company action, is that which company is that <laughs> uh, CWF yeah I mean you know I I don't know if you well, want to talk the... about it but but you know no I I've I've been in other points. I I definitely said that when I started, I really enjoyed what CWF was doing, and they were, uh, and they were not only a big influence, but they're a big influence on the first show because their production uh, Grant uh, from CWF, who did their video yeah. production, he he came and filmed my first show. Wow! Well, I had no idea. And huh? and and Cecil Miller, who would do, I believe he did commentary, and I know he had been a wrestler. He did. He did some editing yeah. work, and he did some commentary for us early on as well. So uh, yeah. that's why I'm just giving you crap. I I did enjoy the <laughs> CWF product a lot. I I so know was... I know I, you know it's unfortunate that bringing it up is not the best thing. But those two guys you mentioned there are, are two guys that I I get along with, and uh, or at least you know friendly with, and all this. Cecil, great guy, and I think very talented. And as you said, their commentary, very good commentary. And I think he actually even did commentary on an SCI show. Um, but uh, Cecil, but yeah. he he, uh, he did yes yeah um but uh but eric you know even even with that background and being so inextricably linked to cwf um i think in action he's he's really made it his own and feels again inextricably linked i mean that again speaks to that big personality but this tag team he's got going on now it feels like like he's anointed the next coming of air. I mean, me and me and Quentin kind of gushed over Westbrook on the our recent review of DPW. But I mean, this guy's got star written all over him and and you putting them together. I mean, obviously, with the trainer student thing, it makes sense. But you using them as a tag team, I think, is great because really, you know, letting people see just what a star this Westbrook guy looks like. But uh, I assume you got big plans moving forward for, for, for him or for the team in general. But, uh, but yeah, I just wanted to mention that. Well, well, remember uh, it was not, it was not in an action show in Georgia, but uh, BK Westbrook last year won the action SCI future showcase. Yeah. So yeah, I, he did. You know, so, <laughs> and he he's somebody I can point to that did some of the right things. He came down to a couple shows where you know he he took a ride. Uh, he eventually got you know he got a couple matches uh, early on. You know, basically that's like of the six seven minute variety. Okay, you look you look good, and you know he he develops more and he turns into somebody that you like having around and is an asset he he looks good um i i think i think eric specifically has always had a presence since the very first time he came out um my uh 
Well, John Filipovich, who of course is very familiar with CWF, we had a conversation for our very first show. Uh, anyone who talks to John, a short conversation is about an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. So, so we had we had a, uh, a short conversation about Eric Royal, and I said to him, I I had him coming down. Was just asking how I should use him, and we had a discussion about, you know, he said in a small room what Eric is going to be like, and uh, the Action Arena is not a gigantic building, and, and Eric is a a force. Um, and, and I like the dynamic that he and BK have a lot. And the fact that, um, you know, they've, they've, they team in other places. Um, they've been teaming before action. I, I really wasn't trying to reinvent the wheel. It was more that, you know, Eric had been a champion. He, he'd had a good, uh, a lot of good singles run. I definitely wanted to keep using him, of course, but I wanted to freshen him up and, it just made a lot of sense because I also wanted to use BK, you know, let's, let's do the tag team here because it gives Eric Royal a fresh perspective and almost like a fresh start. So he's, he's not just a guy who's been around for five years. He's only been in this tag team for about three matches, four matches, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, so, so I, I think that those are, there's, there's things you can do to make people have been around a long time a long time you know uh change up because you yeah. you don't want to be watching the same thing all the time yeah have something fresh there and like you said i mean he is such a presence and such a larger than life figure that if he's not you know if he's just having singles matches in the middle of the card it will start to, it'll kind of start to question things and make it not make sense right it's one of those weird things where you just go like okay right, why is he not he, going for the championship because he's not yeah, yeah and exactly because he's not a mid carder he's not a mid card yeah. guy He's he's a he's a a a mid card to the top of the card type of type of wrestler. So that adds a lot of gravitas to BK Westbrook as well um, because he ga- he he gains by standing next to him. Right. Yeah. No. Exactly. And like I said, they both they both kind of leap off the page in different ways and just have this like charisma that that should scream stars you know so again bk just like learning it even more and more i think will be really good for them working close together and they already have been and it's already what's happening um there's kind of the heart and soul of the promotion kind of thing and one one guy who i guess i didn't i realized but you talking about him i've realized it even more but the other one that kind of i think was very clear was like matt sells um just always matt insanely sells, yes. popular the crowd absolutely adore him like and you just find unique, interesting ways to to use him. But like, what I mean again, what was the idea using him? And you talked about you let the crowd talk to you. I'm a, I'm gonna assume that that's the answer there. Like, bring him in, see what happens, and then go with it. And that seems to be, <laughs> I don't know, the the lights out booking philosophy. But yeah, what what's well, kind of the, the philosophy the, there the very, in keeping it fresh? Well, he's another person like Anthony Henry. I go way back to, and I I knew in his wild side days. He had gone down to Florida to train at the uh, with Dory Funk, what they call the Funking Observatory, Ocala. Um, he yeah. went up to he moved actually to Philadelphia um, for to to do the Ring of Honor dojos and such, and, and train there. So he's somebody who's dedicated, very dedicated to this. Um, when I booked him for the first show, I gave him the most thankless role on the show. It was. It was a, yeah, I wanted to establish, and I even, when I booked Team Tag, who was, who was Billy Buck, Chris Spectra, and Kevin Blue, I said, 
we're going to give Billy Buck a match and he's going to win, but we're not going to give you guys a match. We're going to build it up so that they want, they, that you're just, we're going to make you in the heel group on this show. Then you can have a match on the second show. Um, so Matt sells, I had to wrestle somebody for about three minutes and his instructions were basically get over and then you're going to get jumped, but I still need you to get over. It cannot be, it cannot be a match. Um, Oh God, the names escape me. Cause I used to have them like, it's not like the Mauler versus, uh, whoever in May, 1996, when Scott Hall comes out and they just roll out of the ring and you're like, oh, yeah, why the yeah. hell is this match on a nitro? Um, but Matt's a guy, you know, he was, he was kind of, uh, in and around and then that first year in and out. And then I started being able to, uh, I started using him more. He, I mean, people, he was such a, people respond to him. He's such a dynamic live performer and he's an underrated wrestler in the ring. He mostly just stays around in Georgia now, but he's busy. Pretty much, pretty much everything Matt sells does is revolved around weekend wrestling, Miller light and Braves baseball. Um, and, and a really good guy. And he decided he was going to do a losing streak in 2019 like literally he was he he didn't win a match for like a year and a half um and just an example of how good a worker he is in his second match in the promotion i had ben carter wrestle matt sells you know ben's a, an upstart flyer cruiserweight guy matt sells is a you know uh, more old school uh traditional but a really good worker guy they're both baby faces. And I'm like, I don't know how this is going to go. And it turned out to be one of my, me and Dylan Hale's favorite matches on a show in October, 2019. And then we built up to, uh, we built up with Matt sells and Eric Royal having, having a thing. And they put a pair against uh, $2,500. And that was, that was a very fun show. Um, yeah. But match, match is somebody who's valuable because he makes the local people, they want to see him. You can have IWTV draws that people will tune into and you can have live draws that will definitely spur selling tickets. And I, and I think we're in my position. I need both. Right. And, uh, and, uh, you know, it's nice to be able to, to still work with people, you know, even 20 years after I met him and it's just like, uh, side note that this, that just made me think of, I watched a match uh, on YouTube from 2003, 2004, and it was, it was wild side. And it's, it's me and a tag partner versus Todd Sexton and a tag partner with, uh, Dan, the dragon Wilson. Now the rev tanks manager on commentary, uh, Todd Sexton books or helps book two or three different promotions in Georgia. I run, uh, I book, you know, I run and book action. I help book SCI and Dan Wilson is he, he helped revive anarchy in 2017. And he's a very influential, uh, seminar guy, manager, talker in tank is having a great run on ICW and a lot of other places. It's just funny looking back 20 years ago, this not particularly interesting tag match. And then, <laughs> you know, you can look at three of these participants and 20 years later, that's the impact that, uh, that's something like NWA Wildside had where we're still around. And Anthony Henry was in those locker rooms. Matt Sells was yeah. in those locker rooms, not in feature matches, 
but they but they were around and in the conversation. Yeah, we were actually talking about that recently with the Wild Side and Anthony Henry, and we were kind of, um, you know, and obviously you can look up and see like the the matches and who's on the cards and things, but it's not exactly the same as uh, as actually you know having been there and remembering the timeline better. But we were thinking about the the Anthony Henry and AJ Styles crossover with Wild Side, but I guess there wasn't really much there, you know. Uh, but it was around that time, and then like uh, even Rave being there and stuff, I think would have been more contemporary to Henry. Um, I would think at least like towards the tail end. Um, but it is crazy to think about wild side still to this day. Like, yeah, like you just talked about all that influence I mean, from this hey, small company. We'll look, we'll look at AEW right now. Anthony has a contract. Slim right. J is Slim J is on the TV and, and there now. Um, and it's, it's just kind of, you know, I talk about with Jeff G Bailey, Jeff G Bailey was, was the best manager in the state of Georgia you know, probably ever. I mean, he was an incredible independent manager. He could get he he could sell tickets, he could build matches. And he he told me, you know, we have some frank conversations about those days and it's nice to reminisce. And he said I was over with him near instantly because he found out that I was driving up to do these shows in Georgia eight hours each way. Sometimes I'd have to go by myself because there was nobody in New Orleans that you know, if, if, if I didn't trust somebody, I really didn't want to put them in a car with me to bring them. And, uh, you know, New Orleans was kind of dire at the time. Um, eventually I met alter boy Luke and he started coming up. Of course he became Luke Hawks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I ended up traveling some with Masada, uh, from Texas, um, fast Eddie from Texas, Don Juan. But, uh, you know, a lot of times, I mean, quite often I went up by myself to, uh, um, you know, and like I was talking about, you want to have people who have the dedication. You know, I, I proved, you know, it was another, you know, it was it was actually a few generations ago, essentially. But I proved that I would do it uh, myself. And that's always one thing as a as a booker to me is I never want talent to think that I wouldn't do the same thing that I've asked of them. If I'm telling somebody to pay their dues and get on the road and this is what you want. I can't promise you'll get it, but I can promise you this is how you would get it if you're going to get there. You've got to get in the cars. You know, we talk about this constantly that you've got to go ahead and and get out there and get into different locker rooms and different areas. And I'm not a hypocrite. I did all that all that type of stuff myself. Yeah, I guess you, uh, <laughs> you again, it's, it's proof is in the pudding there, it's doing the work and putting in those hours actually make something out of it. Um, I guess, you know, talking about that, we'll we'll wind down a little bit or at least switch topics here. Um, I mean, obviously, you got the five year anniversary coming up. You got the mist, as you said, the mystery show. Who knows what's going to happen? Relatively recently, uh, you know, new crown champion, um, tag team champions, singles champions. You got tons of storylines and places that where you could go, but you could also, you know, harken back to the past um, and maybe, you know, bring out some uh bring out some some names that haven't been around for a while or maybe uh you know i guess you could say you could just basically say all of the above expect the unexpected kind of situation <laughs> there um you know 
I'm 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 still, you know, I've constantly, I think I've brought it up in the past, maybe not to you, but to somebody else, wondering uh, if we'll ever see the return of Michael Marshall. I mean, I, I really thought that I I, I enjoyed that storyline and and all the stuff he was doing, and he just seemed to abruptly disappear, and I never understood why. Um, but yeah, the uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> he suddenly got busy on Wednesday nights. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, there was uh, uh, you know, there's a oh, go ahead. I absolutely, I absolutely love the Michael Marshall gimmick. Um, when he first did it and he told me about it, I'm like, okay. And he goes out there in this very first match. It's like, people don't know what to think. And he keeps going and it gets such heat. I'm like, oh my God, I love, I love this. Um, I do talk, I do talk to him from time to time. Obviously he's busy. I'd love to be able to work together again though. I would think, I mean, yeah, go ahead. I was just saying he helped me out on something, something uh, as well. So I'm always, I'm always going to be appreciative for that. Something on a sure. more personal level when he didn't even really know me yet. And uh, um, yeah, I, I like him a lot. I love, I love the fact that he's on, that he's on TV and he's a, um, I think he's a producer. I'm not sure what his title is back for the backstage stuff, but uh, I think it's, yeah. I think it's great. Just another example of somebody who was, who was around and in the mix liked no but, yeah you know it's he's he's making a living on t- and he's on tv that's that's killer yeah. i love it yeah i mean i think he was part of the recent round of like when they did a, a an announcement of of people kind of getting bumped up and more integral titles and job titles and stuff like that he was part of that group so so yeah some kind of backstage producer on air more on air again which i've always said is really good because he serves a really important role on there all that this was not the point of even bringing that up really i just i i did (laughs) like that storyline in action i thought it was a lot of fun and i i kind of was hoping it would continue i mean you got something out of it obviously with the way it built up and how it went but uh you know um but yeah a guy who heard the name around for a long time some people even treat it like a joke you know treat him like a joke or whatever but again you know cream rises to the top kind of situation but uh but you said it mystery show right but people are going to buy the tickets and mm-hmm. show up expecting something great, expecting what's going to happen, you know, this, that, and the other. Um, and um, I guess, you know, I, I don't know if there's anything else you want to say about that. Feel free. It's kind of open-ended, so it's hard to really even ask a question or say anything. I'm going to ask you, oh, give us a hint. Tell us what's going to happen. No, I don't really, you know, I don't really see a point in that. I mean, I mean, I'll tell you there's going to be, there's going to be a couple. There's going to be a couple returns. Um, I had a couple of things that I wanted to try that didn't come through, and I do have a debut of somebody who's been asked for by fans at at, at action. Okay. So that I've wanted to use for some time. So I, I will tell something. you those things, which are absolutely no help at all to you. Yeah, Mad Dog Connolly can't wait. Um, either way, uh, <laughs> you one thing that you guys did relatively quickly, and I wonder how much it was planned to be something, or how much it just came up. Was you talked about the future showcase and action being part of the SCI overall weekend, and we talked about it earlier about watching young talent develop and being you know interested and excited about that. And was that from the beginning? Was that like I want to do something like this, or did it just come up and you got into it? Cause like I said, relatively quickly, we're doing it within like a year of the company starting maybe a little bit longer than a year. Uh, do, uh, do, how did futures come about? Yeah. Like was that in the do books mean- from the beginning or, or, or you just kind of came up and it fit the ethos of what you were looking for? 
Well, um, you know, I started officially booking with SCI and being on the team basically the day after 2018. I did not book the 20, 2018 SCI. Uh, I was uh, in the conversation, but I officially was one of the decision makers essentially after that one ended. And I believe 2018 was the first year um, they did futures or wait, or 2017. God, my years are oh, I'm so bad. It, basically what happened is futures was existing. And I said, I said, do you want to go ahead and run this under the action banner? And I'll go ahead and help guarantee and solidify payment. I took some essentially res responsibilities and obviously futures it's it's a $5 ticket it's not a hugely necessarily attended show we do get some good viewership and we try to use that as a building block um, but when when Scott and uh, uh, and the rest of them developed that it was with the idea that we have a lot of people come in SCI weekend who are jumping in a car let's go ahead and make some use out of that and and get them on spots so action being involved in that, I basically just said, let me go ahead and financially take it off your hands and I'll guarantee paydays if it's not something that really does well. Um, and it worked out. And it worked out. So not a terribly interesting story, but I like no. it. I like how we've been able to uh, I like how we've been able to do it. And my time my timing is I can't remember I can't remember years. I can't remember yeah, years kinda at all trying to look this over and there was it looks like there was one in 2018 um that was who won that one to, um i'm hoping the winner is not somebody who's canceled uh not really marco stunt is, it, is um, 20 is mark 18 is marco okay yeah 2018 yeah. yes yeah and it's funny it's funny um i i booked marco not after futures I booked him for, for some from action shows, but I didn't book him after Futures. I booked him the night before, Friday night, meeting, talking to him, having a drink with him, and just seeing his overall charisma. I'd already seen him on tape, and I'm like, I like him. And I gave him some dates even before I had, because this was my first time meeting him. I gave him some dates even before the Futures. So, and, yeah. uh, you know, that worked out. And he, I, I, you know, I think he's done, I think he, he had done well. I think he did well. He got, you know, he got a few years out of a contract and, you know, I, I consider that a success. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely is. It's, you know, a wrestling career can go long and we've already, you know, going to have a lot of different ups and downs and winds and all that. We talked about it already. Like, like people who've been around for 20 years and are still having impacts and getting contracts and being their first TV contracts or, or maybe, you know, their second TV contract and things like this after all this time. And, and it's, you know, it's just, you're in there for the long run. And, and Marco, I mean, it seems, you know, kind of trite to say at this point because of the way that everything went and and all this and that. But I mean, when he was bubbling up and getting over and, and so many people were so excited for him in the Southern scene and that whole region. And then I got to see him live at PWG, which was really cool. And it was like around that time, but, you know, he showed up and it was still kind of early on in the whole thing. And there was definitely, and there still is something there. And you know, bump in the road is just a bump in the road. You continue moving down it. That's what, that's what really matters, right? Is what you do next. And again, whatever. You know. Yeah, and and you know, there's plenty of. I mean, there's plenty of people who had career renaissances, or you know, think, think about it. 
if you had, hey, you're, you can be on television for three years and you can get paid, would you take it? I mean, I never drew a paycheck from WWE or AEW in or Ring of Honor or any of those in, in my life. You know, does, does that mean I'm not successful? I mean, to me personally, it means I'm not successful because those are always super career goals. But I've I had a, you know, 2023 makes it 25 years since I started training. Uh, I've been running a pretty decently successful show that gets some uh, that gets that gets some views um, the last five yeah. years. So I know a lot of people would think that that is a success. I do think it's a success. I still wish I had a, a contract. I mean, I can't even tell you what I was that would have done for a contract when I was in my in my twenties. Um, so I. Yeah. You know, I, I think people have very weird ideas of what a success and what a failure are. And, uh, well, um, it's the point of talking about or bringing up the futures. And you mentioned it there and you mentioned it earlier when you talked about action, actually getting people's faces out there and, and them working harder because of it, because they know that they're going to get noticed, like not just the success of the company itself and, and. I, I kind of stuck up for you a little bit recently when I was I went on a bit of a diatribe on here just talking about people need to not go on their, you know, go on Twitter or their podcast and just guess at how other people's businesses are doing. If you're not really looking over the books because you might have no clue. Um, it's not necessarily oh, just want, about the you're, money. You're going to you're going to have to connect me with that because I really want to hear that now. You're going to have to connect me with that <laughs> was, offline when we're it done. was real. It was real basic. It was mostly just that. But but also, I mean we talked about the careers that you've, you know, I wouldn't say launched, but definitely helped along the way. And futures is a big part of that with, with people who, you know, maybe they're not on TV. Some people are on TV. You, you talked about Nathan Frazier, uh, Ben Carter. We talked about Marco stunt just right now. Like I, Billy Starks, right. I mean, mm -hmm. I think she just was on TV. I don't even, I don't know if she officially got signed, but there's an announcement. She's going to Japan more like, and you know, you can't say, Oh yeah, that's all your credit. Obviously she was, she's doing tons of work and, and you know, making a name for herself or whatever, but she was a big part of the action future. And that first big bump on SCI weekend a couple years ago, I think was the first time <laughs> that you saw one of her dumb bumps going viral. And then now it's like, seems like every oh. couple of weeks there's, there's a big bump of hers going viral and people are talking about, should it, oh. you know, should an 18 year old girl be allowed to do this? And I'm just like, ah, let it go. Right. But, uh, but yeah, you know, <laughs> for, for, since you bring it up, uh, she was 17 when she did that big bump against Robert Martyr. I knew yeah. two things. I was going, she told me there were only a couple people who knew. Um, her dad did not. He was not happy with me for a while that night. Um, I tried to talk her out of it. I, I did try to talk her out of it. I said, you don't have to do this. Please don't do it. And I also knew that that was never going to work. So I told her, if you're going to do it, I was, if you notice on the video, I'm right there and I jump right in just as a yeah. as a secondary precaution because i'm so concerned she she does that i'm fine and i'm and at that point that's when i raise my voice a little bit and i'm like are you okay billy respond and then of course the ref is there also and it just helps to the you know she was she was obviously sore but uh good i i the way i have always seen it with somebody like um like billy and nathan frazier and uh, everybody who comes through is they're the ones doing the work. Um, we can help provide a platform. 
so that people can see that work. You know, I don't, I don't really like to take credit for, for anybody because I'm not the one that's, you know, I'm not the one that's in the gym on any random night trying to get better, trying to work out, trying to improve my cardio, but they're the ones doing that, but we can help push them because I do enjoy that. Um, and yeah. sometimes with, and sometimes with things like futures, it's just like, it's just like the NBA or NFL draft. You're, you're trying, you know, you're trying to take people who it looks like they have the pieces and they're not there, but you also don't know, like I'm not in somebody's head. I don't know if they have the drive. I don't know if they have that mental ability. There's plenty of people who over the years I thought would be stars and maybe they could have been, but they just didn't have that. I'm going to go ahead and wake up tomorrow and drive six hours, wrestle, drive home and walk in my door at 5 a.m. on a Sunday. You know, if you don't have that, then you can have all the physical talent in the world. Hell, that's one of the reasons I love the early tough enough. If you recall, uh, if you recall, there was a guy who was just completely jacked, had a great body, had a great look. And Triple H is like, you're going to spend a shit ton of time in airports and hotels. And dude's like, nope. Do you yeah. recall? Do you know what I'm talking about? I yeah, love yeah. that because that's that's exactly like what it is. You can have somebody with all and I'm not going to bury anybody here. I could bring up about 15 or 20 names. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> fair, fair. But, yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of people you could talk about. But yeah. And I, I, I really do dislike dislike doing that because, you know, sometimes people just decide, you know, I'm done. I don't want to do this. Um, it's not for me. And that's fine. I have no issues if you want to just be, uh, hey, I'm going to wrestle half an hour from my house every other, you know, weekend. And that's all I need. That's fine. It just becomes difficult when those type of people are complaining about being slept on. That's it's sure. being a promoter is is tough and it really is tough when you have to say no and i say no far more than i say yes i mean you you kind of have to right because everybody wants everything and you've only got so much that you can give and, and do and all that um you mentioned i was talking about the kind of you know hearts and souls type guys and you mentioned this guy as being integral to the up next which i think is so funny because you mentioned that and i just like realized how that slang is like really going mainstream now saying up next like everyone uses that now um and action was doing an up next show for quite a while already at this point but bobby <laughs> flacco uh participant in the yeah. 2023 sci and a guy who really feels like a action like i said heart and soul kind of guy who stands out and is a big part of the show and is just so absolutely unique um you know, what is it? <laughs> What's what? What is it? Because he's just he's such a unique character and he's so authentically like fits so well in action. And obviously, like the entrance and the mini bike and the music now and the way the characters developed. Is it again another just sit back and let him do his thing? Like, how did that all come about? So so Bob came about um, and he also won the 2023 SCI Rumble, uh, defeating uh, our last eliminating Eric Royal. And oh, that yes. came about, just that came about, um, Eric, Eric was our, basically, you know, he was going to be our heel who was the, the backbone of the, the match and Bobby's first singles match in action was with Eric Royal back in 2018 and they worked well together and it was a nice match. So when we were thinking about it, I'm like, you know, that's a good heel versus face dynamic. Um, um, 
So, uh, so Bobby, he showed up, I think in, he, I think he did a, uh, like a scramble in my very, in my third show. And he started reaching out to me like a lot of people do. And, you know, Hey, you know, I might not have anything, but you can show up. He showed up and I had somebody who had to back out of or, or cancel on a match. And, uh, I said something to Bob and he's like, well, if you can use me or whether you can't, I'm, I'm going to be there. And he ended up wrestling Eric Royal. And then he pretty much became a mainstay and was on everything. He just, he, he just, he's not one of those guys who, Hey, I'm going to send an email. I'm going to send a message. He's going to, Hey, I'm going to be there. Is that cool? And he shows up and he helps out. He is, he, I mean, Bob, I just went to a show in Alabama with him. Um, two months ago and we were driving there quick to get there two hours early. That's, that's how he is. He's at an action. I may put a call time of 5 PM on an action show. He walks in the door at 1230 to help set up the ring. Yeah. He helps get a bunch of the guys from the WWE four. He's, he's logistically my most important person. And oh, he run yeah. he, uh, he does all of next up. The, the next up series on IWTV, he does like, I, I went to him and I basically, basically I'll, I'll tell you how that happened too. When the pandemic came back or excuse me, when we came back from pandemic, he helped get some of the WWE four guys out to help out the with the ring, help me do logistics setup. He's like, Hey, you should be around. He was trying to take a leadership role with the WWE four kids. And one day we got set up early, something like two o'clock. And I said to Bob, I'm like, do these guys have their stuff? I mean, like we could go ahead and, you know, just give some feedback and they can work out in the ring because we're up, up so early and we ended up doing some matches and, uh, and I said, Hey, you know what, I, you know, could we tape these? So we ended up starting to tape the matches and put them on IWTV called next up. And I said to Bob, I'm like, look, I already book a show. The whole idea of this should be people trying out new things that are familiar with you. And you know, these wrestlers, do you want to book this and put it together? And he does that. Sometimes as we're doing our next up tapings on a show, I, I literally have no idea of the card. Um, he'll run it down to me at times, but unless there's something specific, like a couple guys show up and would like to work each other, I don't, uh, I let him do that. Um, he definitely has a heart and soul of action because he can get over no matter what. He is all charisma and a hard worker in the ring. And I think people really, really see and feel that. And there's a lot of people who come in for one of their first couple shows and they gravitate towards those high energy, big entrance guys like Bobby Flacco, like Matt Sells, like AC Mack. And because they can really, they can really feel it and they feel presence. He, Bob makes himself feel like a star when he comes out. Yeah. I mean, and the entrance and yeah. And, and, he, and he's a good worker. He, you know, when he, he did, um, when we did an action sub combo show at Restival um, in New England uh, about a year and a half ago, he drove up. He's driven up to New Jersey to do some of the GCW settlement series. He's, he's driven around. He drives to Florida regularly for shows. He's, he's willing to put in the time. And I mean, when I see people who are willing to. For WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he, when we when we drove that show in Alabama, he was telling me all about. It. Yeah, I, you know, I'll stay in I'll stay in these hostels, and sometimes it's just you got a bed, and there's three other people in the room, but 
you know, he gets to stay super cheap and he's, so he's maximizing his money and, you know, he's, he's one of those people who he doesn't just say he wants it. Um, and he's easy and he's super easy to get along with those type of people who you like and enjoy being around are so valuable are so valuable because the easiest way to get 86 from one of the locker rooms is just to be a dick. <laughs> like, or like, annoying, or just, right? or, yeah. yes. Like I, I, I had a, a tweet go semi viral, I think on the, uh, uh, WrestleMania weekend, 2021. And it was like, please, it, it said something like, please let's normalize not talking and pitching yourself at promoters during a show because it was during the action live stream. And somebody kind of sidled up to me as I'm watching the show and I'm ty- calling the times and stuff saddles up to me and starts pitching oh themselves. I'm like, Are you fucking, I have gotten messages <laughs> the night before or the day of a show. And it's like, if you don't have the situational awareness to know, like when I'm having a show, you didn't even really bother to look at our Facebook or Twitter because it's plastered all over there. Right. It's totally different. Yeah. If I know you, if I know you and you may not be booked and it's like a, I don't mean like a somebody shooting out a, Hey, good luck message. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the, don't send me, you know, three paragraphs and uh, match links and stuff like that while I'm actively trying to do a show or start talking to me. Pitching yourself during a show is the worst because I will absolutely not remember you. Oh yeah. No. And if I, I mean, that's... and if I do remember you later, it's just going to be a feeling of annoyance. Yeah, no, that's, that's, I mean, I guess I get it. You think you go to the shows to network, but just like you talked about getting there early and and helping out before the show and setting up, that's, I think, when you're supposed to try to maybe do that kind of networking thing, not, you know, when it's crunch time and the show is going. Yeah, I've had more. I've had plenty of people who, who, you know, I've, I've said to, hey, come on out to a show. Um, I had, I had someone, she, uh, she asked if she could come to a show and reached out and I had not met her. And I was like, okay, cool. Hang out, you know, and then, she's 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 uh training at the nightmare factory and she's doing some shows and has come around and it was like hey uh can you hold the camera and my uh my video guy put her to to work so i'm literally (laughs) she's not just showing up but i'm paying her to to help shoot the shows and that's that's experience too um I've had people who, who showed up. It's like, okay, I, I could use you in a scramble or I could use you in this, this small spot. Um, I had somebody do me a, a huge favor one time and it's like, all right, you got your gear. Let's, you know, with not a big role but necessarily, but uh, those are the type of things that's like need to be addressed well before the show or like a, Hey, I've got a shirt, a t-shirt in my car. that says security. If you want me to help out and do security during a show that's that's great it's the it's the people who just have no sense of i really can't pitch myself because i have literally five things going on in my head at the exact same time and i also need to be in three other places and you're talking to me about getting on a show two months down the road which is not going to happen either because i'm i'm booked full you know (laughs) so promoter promoter gripes yeah uh, <laughs> sure. I'll, I will. It, the, I will never complain about somebody who's like, "Hey, can I assist?" Because I can always just say no, right? Or I can just thrust a, a, a you know, a twelve pack of soda. Put this in the fridge. You know, that's <laughs> it's just hilarious yeah. because the way people think shows come together, 
is you know is with booking and angles it's like no the way the shows come together is literally setting up the ring and setting up the merch tables and making sure you have enough concessions that's how shows come together that's what people <laughs> give a shit about i could i could I, I mean i some of the wild side shows the friday night shows that i used to work at in the day they whoever showed up is who got to work that's the easiest thing to do but you've got to make sure that you've got the concessions open you got to make some sure some those are the things that you have to do you can get away with not booking a heavily angle intensive show and not booking the most incredible matches. You can get away and you can bullshit that. I could bullshit that next week if I wanted to on a surprise show. I'm not going to, but right. I can't bullshit and make, you know, a hundred bottles of water appear if I didn't plan for them. True. Yeah, this logistics, is definitely right, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> far more in the weeds than you wanted to get, but Oh, I like it. Um I'm happy to to talk about that because there is so much more to the promoting and, and running a show and and I everybody all they think about is the show, which obviously we talked about that a ton already and I think you do a great job on that part of it but but I don't know your business and that was what I was already talking about before I don't know your numbers I don't know your business but obviously you're making something work and you're keeping the lights on and you're keeping the 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 fans in the seats and I can tell that they're happy and they're excited and they're into it so I mean that's what I can see. Um, <laughs> So, so I'll, I'll, t I'll tell you as far as anything financially in the history of five years, I've lost money on shows three times and two of those times I was supposed to. Okay. <laughs> because I, I specifically, I specifically was going out as a loss leader to go ahead you could eat, probably look at the five years and guess two of those shows. And then one of the other shows, I just, I just spent too much and, and didn't sell enough tickets and that's not a huge concern when it happens very rarely right right um well i won't try to guess but uh but i did want to i guess quickly talk about sci coming up as well you mentioned it before we started uh looking over this and you're you're still involved with kind of putting that all together and all this and the big announcement that just came out uh, right before we started recording ah. uh, First time entrant into the SCI, um, Timothy Thatcher. I mean, that's a big one. Yes. That's a huge one for me. I I assume based on you know the times that we've talked about your taste in wrestling, that's a someone you're a big fan of as well. I mean, yes. How, uh, I mean, the real question is, how do you guys pull that off? Because it seems to be a guy who's impossible to get a hold of. I mean, geez. I won't say. I won't say how. Okay. Because that would potentially spoil something. Um, <laughs> um, but, uh, but we did speak with him via email. Um, and it's somebody that we've been speaking to for a little while. Just had to check out uh, tour dates and make sure there wouldn't be any conflict. And then once he found out there wouldn't be a conflict and he would be available for our dates, it fell into place pretty quickly. Nice. Um, seems like a great guy. I look, I look very forward to it. Several years ago, when I when I took over and had a a, uh, a hand at booking SCI, because and right now it's myself and Scott Hensley who are the who are the primaries. Um, when when I started booking SCI with Scott, I had two people on my list that I'm like, we're never going to get them, and I want I want them so bad. Tim Thatcher was one, and the other yeah. was Walter. Uh, yeah, those unfortunately, the those yeah, those are the those are the two dream guys. I'm like, we'll never be able to get them for SCI. 
Because at the time, Timothy Thatcher was, you know, he was working Evolve and he was in, in uh, California and it was just, it was just like, I'm like, oh man, I don't know if, this, if we could ever make it happen. Um, sure. And uh, so I'm, I'm fired up. I'm looking, I'm looking so forward to it. We have some. It's, <laughs> it's kind of funny that those two guys and like Walter now is like technically in America or wrestles primarily in America. Right. And, and Thatcher wrestles in japan and you got that but you got that <laughs> um, how does that happen but i guess i guess that's just how wrestling works right this stuff is weird sawyer rex stands out as a uh, competitor on there i've been uh, becoming a big fan of hers bk westbrook we talked him up as much as uh, as Larry is half of the action tag team champions eli knight that's a that's a very interesting one there and uh mike jackson oldest entrance in sci i'm gonna guess ever uh, very much so yeah. Great guy. A, if you saw the Scenic City Rumble, him versus George South, that was an yes. experience. That so a, definitely something. <laughs> so about the entire locker room emptied for that match. Sure. Yeah. I, everybody, I would, everybody came out to watch. No, yeah, that was uh it was definitely <laughs> it was something. I mean, those two guys, they know how to get, get the crowd in the palm of their hand, right? They still know how to uh how to uh keep keep people's attention. Which, uh, but they is, I guess the name of the game. But they didn't take it. Yeah, but they didn't take it easy. They worked hard too. No, yeah, yeah, that's true. That was the, yeah. that was that was the other thing. They went out there. They were working hard and bumping. Jackson, and, uh, I mean, yeah, it's crazy. I can take zero credit for that. I I can take zero credit for Jackson himself. That's that was one hundred percent Scott Hensley. I love the idea, but that was completely his idea creatively. Yeah, yeah that's a that's a lot of fun. Um, He's sorry. had a little bit of. A, a little bit of a resurgence lately and like like you said he's working hard out there i think he was on impact recently working his ass off too i mean yeah i actually um went to some of the impact tapings in atlanta in january yeah. and uh he worked was it trey miguel might have been trey miguel right. that he worked yeah uh, uh it was funny i'm just sitting here i'm like we got him in a month and a half at sci rumble um well i guess matt if there's anything else you want to hit up otherwise i mean we could probably keep going for a while but might as well maybe call it here what do you think i've I've enjoyed this i was really wanting to have a kind of a a free flow conversation with whatever you were interested in talking about so i'm 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 great this has been uh this has Uh, been enjoyable um like i said i mean you're easy to talk to. There's tons of stuff that I had thought about bringing up that just didn't come up in the conversation, but it um, doesn't matter to me. Um, you know, I mean, <laughs> it doesn't matter. To me. I thought we got into a bunch of more interesting things and you referencing stuff that was interesting to talk to. So thank you. Thank you for the wrestling. Love action. It's like, again, like I said, always an easy watch, always something to look forward to. Um, we review it and talk about it, you know, here and there. We don't cover every show, but we do watch every show. Um, and, uh, yeah, everyone check out the anniversary show coming up, check out SCI coming up and, uh, you know, I guess Matt, if you have any, I don't know if you want to plug anything, Twitter, I mean, just IWTV.com. You have yeah, a promo code. Yeah. All our shows are up on IWTV.live. Our sign up code is action. Uh, that helps us out. Uh, we're on Twitter and it's at wrestle W R E S T L E action one. I'm personally on Twitter and it's at Matt the mouth. Uh, we're on Facebook 
and Instagram, Instagram at Action Wrestling, and then the number one. And we even have a TikTok page, and I think it's act, just Action Hyphen Wrestling. I don't run that one, which is fantastic. Yeah, I have somebody who runs a, a TikTok for me. Nice. I'll, I'll uh, go Re- follow you on there right now because I probably don't. Um, I refuse to to do TikTok, but I have someone who does that for me, and he does a good job. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, thank you. Uh, I guess, yeah, follow the podcast network. You're already listening to it. WDKPNW hit up the Ko-Fi links all around there to fund, I guess, my trip to go to SCI for the first time to see Timothy Thatcher. Maybe I'm huh? like, geez, uh, uh, I sure thank hope you, all you can make time. it.